Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's the thing. I actually want to bring a message today that I hope God will use uh, to, yes, celebrate the last five years, but also just give all of you, not just a few of you, but all of you a vision for how he wants to use you and this place in the years to come. And here's the deal. Church is not just something that you check off the list. It's not just something that you, you do because you grew up, in, you know, you're in America and that's what Sunday mornings are for. I mean, you, you don't actually get extra credit for coming to church on Fallback Sunday, by the way. It's the easiest Sunday to come to church. If you want the extra points, you're talking about Spring Forward Sunday. That's when you, you're really impressing somebody, right? But here's the deal. It's not just something we check off the list. It's this gracious invitation of God to be a part of a community of people on mission together to change the world. And you have this opportunity to invest your life in what will last forever. And you don't have to have all the answers, you don't have to have it all figured out, but you have to say yes. And so I wanna invite you to open your scripture to Luke chapter five. And if you have your Bible, you do get extra points there. But if you have your phone, uh, if you can, pull it up, because I want you to read through this passage with me. We're going to pull some things out, and I want you to think about a few different phrases in here. And I'm going to preach out of a a probably a pretty well-known story. If you grew up in church, you definitely know this story. If you didn't, then uh, I'm going to be really grateful for you because I'm preaching a very well-known story. That's intimidating as a pastor, right? Because as soon as we start reading, you're like, oh, yeah, I know where he's going with that. Yeah, I could be preaching this. Uh, Maddie, why'd you bring Brad to preach this message? But please, maybe we could have uh, just some fresh eyes. Because I will tell you this. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole scripture. I've thought about it. I've preached on it. But even in the last few months, God's given me this fresh insight to it. And I pray that the same would happen for you. I'm gonna just say a quick prayer for us. And I would encourage you to actually pray. In your own heart right now, God, speak to me. Holy Spirit, move in my life. Use your word to awaken me to the greater possibility of what I could be a part of here in this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We all say, amen, amen. Verse 17 of Luke chapter five. One day, Jesus was teaching And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Anybody believe that the power of Jesus is here today? We sang it earlier, the Lord is in this place. I don't know what you've come struggling with, what you're come burdening. Pastor Jill was mentioning earlier, but I believe that there is something here for you. Every single Sunday as you come with the spirit of expectation, there is a special anointing when God's people gather together, worship under the word, under the Holy Spirit. So don't, 
Don't be thinking that God might not have something for you. It might be through a conversation. It might through be a song. It might be through the amazing, funny, good-looking pastor from Atlanta that brings the word. I don't know why you're laughing, but it was in my notes. The Lord is in this place. But don't miss that first verse. And we're going to dwell that, sit down on that for a minute before we finish the story. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. And the title of my message is called Don't Just Sit There. So if you just, if you think about that verse though, you're like, what's wrong with that? That's actually what we're all doing. We're sitting, listening to the word of God. Why are we gonna give a message called don't just sit there? Isn't that a good thing to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen? Well, yes, but in this case, it wasn't a compliment. This is Luke 5, and if you read the next few chapters of Luke, you'll see that Luke's narrative starts changing, and he starts talking about the tension between Jesus and the religious leaders, the know-it-alls, the well-versed in the scripture. They, they had all the information, right? And so when Luke says Jesus was teaching and that there were Pharisees, the religious elite, and the teachers of the law sitting there, it was not a compliment. Don't just sit there. And here's the danger of, of religion, if you will. It's this downward pull to just take a seat and just hang out. And, 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 and there's a pull in your faith, right? There's a, there, there will be a pull on this church, right? Now that you've made it five years and you got a building and you got some momentum and people are coming, you got saved and your life was changed. But after you start, you know, doing church and showing up every Sunday, there's just gonna be this like, uh, this little pull to just sit there and be good. It's the, it's the sitting spirit of religion. I've been there, done that. I have all the answers. I deserve to be here. I've paid my dues. I've actually paid for my seat. Colonial wouldn't be here if it weren't for my giving. This is when you know there's that spirit. I've come to evaluate, not to receive. I've come to consume, not to contribute. And, and this is the danger for all of us. This is, it, it's, it's the danger in my heart. I've, grow, I've been in church my whole life. Uh, in Atlanta, I, my wife and I were there every Sunday, three gatherings. I could look around all of our other staff and just like, you know, wipe the floor with them. I'm like, keep up, people. We've been here. But it, even you, God uses, or the devil uses this temptation to be like, Brad, you should just like sit there. You've done enough, but that's, that's religion. That's not faith, right? So let's not just sit there. Let's keep reading. How do we fight against the sitting spirit of religion? Verse 18, it says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, lowered him on his mat, threw the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the ones that were sitting there, they began to think to themselves, who's this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus knew what they were thinking, and, they, and he asked, 
Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what had been lying on, took what he had been lying on, went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and they said, we have seen remarkable things today. So it's this context that Luke's talking about three different groups of people that were all crowded around Jesus. We've already talked about the teachers of the law, the religious leaders that were sitting there. And then this crowd of people, right? You couldn't get near to Jesus. Everybody wanted to be so close. It reminds me of a time that I went to a golf course. My buddy came out of the clubhouse and he said, you'll never believe it. Michael Jordan is here. I'm like, this is the greatest day of my life outside of getting married and having kids. But I mean, it was really close. I could care less from any moment about anything else in that moment, but I didn't care about what I was about to shoot on the golf course, 75, 78, 102, I don't know. I couldn't care less about the time I was gonna have with my friends. I didn't care about any, I was just like, we're gonna spend the day finding Michael Jordan. And when we found him on the driving range, everybody else was doing the same thing. The golf course was empty, the driving range was packed because Michael Jordan was there. And I stood about 30 minutes, uh, for 30 minutes, about 100 yards away, just looking. There's Michael. Hey, man, you want me to play with you? I want to be like Mike. If I can be like Mike. But this is the scene, right? So these religious leaders there, people there, but then four guys show up. Four guys. What do we know about them? We don't know their names but we know that they were used to be a part of an amazing miracle that has changed the world. And here's the thing. If we want to fight against the sitting spirit of religion, this, the, the tug to just sit, I, I think we can look at these guys' lives, right? And I think that point number one, I'll go through these quick. You need the right friends. You need the right friends. There's nothing so as special, in my opinion, than being linked with a group of people that are on mission together. Linking arms to help change the world becomes even more fulfilling when you're surrounded like, with like-minded, mission-minded people. And let's be honest, I bet all four of those guys weren't immediately like, oh yeah, I'm in. You, you, let's walk several miles with a guy on a mat. That sounds amazing, let's go. But there was power in community, and there probably was the leader that's like, guys, come on. Have you heard about Jesus? He's healing people. And if we get this guy, yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to take some work. But if we come together and do our best and work hard, we maybe, just maybe, can get this guy's life changed forever. So maybe one or two guys spoke up, but they invited a few other people along the way. I'm just wondering in here if there's been people inviting you to come join the mission of this church, come join the mission of the movement, and you've been like, ah, 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 but I promise you, you'd be like one of these four guys carrying a mat. It'll be worth it, right? Be around the right friends. But you know, for me and Brittany, we started the student ministry at Passion City Church, and we, you know, no offense to student ministers, but I mean, hanging out with middle school students on a Friday night, yeah, it's not like the coolest thing going, right? <laughs> but 
man, either I'm a salesman or the spirit of the Lord was moving because we and we got the, the coolest group of culture shapers, influencers in their 20s to say, hey, come join our team. Together, we're gonna impact the next generation. And you know what? We're gonna have fun because we're gonna do it together. And we'll probably poke a little fun at middle schoolers here and there along the way, but there's no better way to spend Friday nights. And so link arms with the right people. You know, I, I, I just think it will change your life. And if you're like, man, I don't have faith. I don't, I don't know if I can be a part of being changing the world. Get around the people that you want to be like and start helping them, being around them, serving with them. And then over time, you'll be like, man, I showed up at the feet of Jesus with a guy in a mat. It's crazy how God used me. Be around the right friends. You know what's also awesome? Is they were friends with a guy that was paralyzed. They, they resisted the pull of the current of culture to just be around people just like them. They took a risk because people with any sort of disability, especially in this day and age, were not looked upon with the greatest light. It was worse than something bad happened or that's just where the world is because there's disease and sickness and accidents. No, it was so much that people thought that if you were disabled and paralyzed, there was, it was a curse from God on your life. And so many diseases were like, stay away, you're unclean. But yet these guys were friends with the guy that, uh, that the world had shunned. So do, do you have those friends in your life that maybe are on the out, outside looking in. Maybe the world has tried to move past them. They, were, they brought their friend who they cared about. So they had friends that they teamed up with and then they had friends that were marginalized and said, we're gonna help you. That's what you need in life. You don't just, church isn't about just clicking together with people just like you. If I'm honest, sometimes that can become an idol where yes, it's important to have community and be connected and be having you know, friendships with people just like us that can sharpen us, so important. But if we just get so focused on looking inward and not thinking about outward, then we will just implode from the inside. So let, you gotta have mission-minded friends. You also, this one will explain itself, but you gotta be willing to sacrifice. It took, these guys, right, they gave everything that they had. They went above and beyond. They didn't take no for an answer. They got to where Jesus was after the effort, after the work, after the giving, after the toil, after the sacrifice. They get there like, Jesus is gonna change his life. It's like, oh, we can't even get in. We, 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 we can't even get in. But they didn't take no for an answer. They didn't turn around and go home. They're like, we'll figure something out. We, we'll, we'll dig a hole in the roof. We don't care whose house it is. There's no such thing as Venmo. He's not gonna ask us to pay him back. He doesn't know us anyway. And we'll blame it on the other guys. But they, they sacrificed. They went above and beyond. They did whatever it took because they believed that their friend could be changed by Jesus. And that's the next thing. Could you believe God for the miraculous? Did you, did you notice a, a huge word in there? We'd already talked about sitting there. Verse 20, because you've been in this series about faith alone, 
I try to pronounce it in the Greek, but I don't have it written. And what's the name of the series again? Yeah, I see. I can't even say that yet. Um, <laughs> faith alone. I'll stick with that. <laughs> when Jesus saw their faith, can you circle that word or just sear that in your heart when he saw not just the man's faith on the mat that needed the healing. When he saw their faith. I don't know if there are any Florida State grads in the house, but that's a plural word. I just need to define that for you a little bit more. (laughs) Too far? (laughs) Too far? I mean, I went to Texas A&M, so thank you for sending Jimbo Fisher our way. I'll just leave it at that. Seriously, you're like, somebody's like, get back to the Bible, preacher, or I'm walking out. But it's plural. Jesus moved in a miraculous way, and in the equation was the faith of the friends. So it wasn't just their work. It wasn't just their action. It wasn't just their sacrifice. It was their work and their action that flowed from a heart of faith in Jesus, who he was and what he was able to do. The Lord is in this place. And so therefore, I'm gonna do everything I can to get my friends to Jesus because he alone can heal. But here's the convicting part for me. I I do believe God for the miraculous. But typically, it's for the miracles that I want him to do in my life. And that starts drifting to the sitting spirit of religion. We, I want to be like these guys that have faith for mirac- the miracles in my friends' lives. For what he, the breakthroughs that he could bring to the people in my world. For the breakthrough he can bring and the miracles he can bring to the people in my city, in my workplace, in my school. This is the faith that flows from the heart of the gospel, right? That it's not just about the gospel coming to us, but it's about the gospel moving through us to reach more and more people. That's why I believe that for Colonial Church, we should be talking about the next five years be even better than the first five years. You know, in the miracle, let's just be really clear. We read earlier, but when the, the, the guys thought he just needed physical healing. But when they, when they put Jesus, when they put the guy at the feet of Jesus, right? And, this, and just don't forget, this guy was no shot in the religious system of the day to get saved, to come close to deity. Actually, in Leviticus, if you read in the Old Testament, there was rules about if you have any, like if you're crippled or if you have specific types of infirmities, then you couldn't be, you couldn't be a priest that would approach the altar to make the sacrifice. If you were coming close to the presence of God, you had to be perfect. You had to be spotless, right? But now there's this man at the feet of Jesus Unable to walk. We don't know why. But Jesus didn't say, get away from me. Get away from me. Not only am I not the altar, I am God, and you can't be near. No, he he kneels down and he says, friend. Another uh, account of it in the gospel, he says, son. 
both of them signs of affection. So if you're in here and you're like, man, I don't belong in here. I don't deserve to be in here. Everybody's raising their hands and singing their songs, and I, that's never going to be me. I just am here because somebody brought me, or I, I just need a little shot of hope. But just know that Jesus would kneel down when you come to his feet and says, friend, son, daughter. Hey, can you imagine what the friends were doing? No way. They're like, he's going to get his... He's going to get his ability to walk back. Jesus goes further, though. No, yes, you need a, there's a physical need on your life. But there's a much greater spiritual need. And I've come to announce healing for all spiritual need because there's only one cure, and that's me who's going to give my life on the cross so you can have forgiveness, so you can be made whole, that you could not fall short of the glory of God, but you could be restored and reconciled through my sacrifice. And so, yes, I'm going to give some physical healing, but it's more to point to the fact that I'm the one to give eternal, forever healing. This is the gospel, and this is what we need to be about, church. And it isn't just about a building, but it's about you receiving what only Jesus can do for your life, but then also having a heart walking through our houses and our schools and our workplaces knowing if this is true that the wages of sin is death, then that means there is a death sentence over people in the world in your world, but yet Jesus is giving you the cure and asking you to carry the cure. And so it's not just about you getting to church and having your needs met. That is important, right? But it's also about you linking arms and saying, let's, let's be about this city. Let's be about this world because we have the cure and Jesus wants us to use, uh, he wants to use us to get people the cure. Let's believe God for the salvation and the miraculous for people. I gotta, I gotta hurry. Um, actually, I don't. I've never been here, and I might not come back for five more years, so I'll just take my time. <laughs> Forgot about that. Forgot about that. You've done a lot of harm to me over the years, so I'll just, y'all here, to, I mean, everybody wants to be here. You only probably preach for 30 minutes and get everybody out by 10.30. I think everybody wants to be here by one o'clock, you know, till one o'clock today. Can I get an amen? I mean, it's just like... Some people are like, I, dear Lord, I hope he's joking, you know. <laughs> um, he said to the paralyzed man after he had forgiven his sins, he said, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. One, I think those two words, get up, or for somebody in here today. Life has set you back. Things haven't worked out your way. You've been abandoned, wounded. You've got anger, depression. You're, you're in a cycle that you just feel like you can't get out of. You're in a headspace that you can't get out of. And the, the spirit of God would come through this word and say, you you can get up. It's not looking over past hurts and things that have happened to you. It's not just, you know, walking like everything's perfect, but it is getting up and putting one foot in front of the other. You can get up. 
You can walk free. You can turn the page. You can have a new start. But then he says, take your mat and go home. And I don't know if this has happened. Maybe I'm taking a little bit of liberty. How cool is it that this guy is walking home with a mat in his hand? And here's the thing. That mat became a testimony. That mat became a ministry. He didn't know all the theology. He didn't know how to explain pre-will or free will versus predestination. He didn't know how to walk somebody through the Old Testament prophecies and hey, how to point it to Jesus. He didn't know when Jesus was coming back. He just know that he used to sit on a mat, but now he held it in his hands. So let your mat become your ministry. Because God set you free from things. He's healed you from things. He's picked you up from things. And you're like, no, 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 God could never use me. He, he, he could never use me. It's just for the worship leaders. It's just for the pastors. It's just for the people that have always done it right. He could never use me. And that's what that guy was thinking. But then he was holding a mat and people were like, what happened to you? And he's like, uh, well, I wasn't able to walk. And now I'm able to walk. And I don't honestly know because I'm freaking out. But it was that guy, Jesus, who did it. So you should go talk to him. That, that's his story. And do you think he didn't tell anybody? You think he was just like, I gotta go home quickly so nobody can see you. Be like, no, guys, check this out. This is my mat. This isn't for somebody else. This is my mat. I'm free. I'm forgiven. I'm whole. I met Jesus. You gotta meet the guy that I met. This is my, this is my mat. And I would hope, this is the liberties, I would hope he used that same mat to carry somebody else to Jesus. Because that's the gospel, right? And there's people that are walking through things that you've walked through. That are going through things that you've gone through. And they don't need some preacher to come and tell them to pick it up and you got this. They need somebody normal. Not that we're not normal, but let's be honest, we're not always normal. They need you. It'd get real weird if I showed up to your workplace and tried to fob myself in to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> Officer Stacy would have to put me, you know, in the car. No, but if you show up and care about somebody, see somebody, Pay attention to somebody. Invite somebody. Take somebody to lunch. Buy their lunch. That's when you know the gospel's really moving, right? <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be blown away. And they'll tell you something. And then you'll be like, oh, it's crazy. I've gone through something similar. Let me tell you how Jesus and his word and his Holy Spirit helped me. This is the power of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5. It says that we are Christ ambassadors. 
and that God is making his appeal to the world through us. It's always been the plan of God to change us, save us, and then send us, not sit us. So don't just sit there. You know why? Because it honors God when you stand up and when you get sent out. It helps people, but it also is the best thing for you. If your faith is about just sitting down, then it will quickly become religion and it's not much faith at all. But if your faith sands you up and sends you out, then your, your heart, you know what I mean? Those four guys, they, they went home. It says everybody went home praising God. Everybody did. But come on, think about those four guys. They're the only ones that participated. And just going back to the the religious leaders and the Pharisees, they had their chance. They didn't get the guy to the house, but they could have made room for him. They could have given up their spot. Whoa, whoa, we got, we got somebody that needs, needs to get healed. I'm not gonna look about my own needs right now. I'm not just gonna think about my own seat right now. Let's make room, make way, get this guy in here because he needs something. No, they actually blocked the way. Then they had another chance because the guys were on the roof and then they see the hole getting dug and they're like, what are these jokers doing? They could have said, hey, I'll catch you. I'm, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm ready. You, you need this guy to get G, to Jesus so much, just put me to work. I, I didn't get him here, I didn't do all the work, but I'm here now and I can help. No, they just kept sitting there. Have these guys lost their mind? Not only didn't they, they didn't help, but they blocked the way. And here's the, I know it's my first time and maybe last time getting to come here, but I'm still wounded by it, so I just keep bringing it up. I say this with the most love and grace, and I want you to know I'm saying it to myself. But it it is good to hear the hard truth sometimes. Many of us, by the way we live our lives block the way for more people getting to Jesus because we say one thing we post a bunch of things we profess a faith in Jesus but it's not matched by a life of love and grace and hope and being set apart and living different. And so you would do what I would do and what they are doing if they see a group of people that say one thing but live a different way and they don't see the power of what you profess getting all the way to the way that you live, why would the world want what we have? So for some of you today, the best thing that you can do is repent, is to confess, is to agree, to say sorry, to say I know none of us are perfect. And again, I'm saying this with the most love and grace because I'm saying it to myself. We've been invited to be a part of the mission of all missions, the building of the unstoppable church of Jesus Christ, which nothing can stand against and that will last forever. 
this greatest invitation to make our lives count for what matters most. To be like these four guys when we're getting in heaven and going, oh, come on. They're here. They're here. We're here. We're a part of that. This is awesome. Praising God. Unbelievable. Way better than any college football game. Way better than any job promotion. This is heaven. There's Jesus. There's these people. But we we need to start sacrificing and living differently and being on mission and not blocking the way because we say one thing but then live differently. It's worth it, church. It's worth it. And God wants to use you and whatever mat he's picked you up from to help more and more people get up from their mat. I'm going to give you a moment. Would you just in your own heart respond to God? And maybe it is that agreeing with God, confessing, saying, God, I, I, I know that there's areas in my life that are blatantly dishonoring to you. Maybe for another group of people, you feel like you're, you're, you're stuck on a mat called bitterness. Lack of, you, a divorce has set you back and you can't, you can't believe for your future. Maybe it's a private sin struggle that no one knows about, but you just know it's keeping you on a mat. Would you ask God to give you the grace to get up? Maybe there's some people in here, I believe that there are, that need the ultimate miracle. You don't need to just get up from a mat. You need your sins forgiven, which is only through Jesus Christ. Only God alone can forgive sins because when we sin, we sin against God. We fall short of his glory. We become deserving of death, eternal death. But in, in Christ, through faith alone in Jesus, we can have eternal life, forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, we're all praying. No one's looking around, but we just lift up your hand and say, I need the ultimate miracle. I need the forever miracle. I need to be set free from my sins. I need to be delivered from what I deserve, but by faith in Jesus, receive grace and mercy. There's four or five hands up. Anybody else want to lift up their hand? This is awesome. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you would just pray after me, there is not magic in this, but it's faith because Jesus says, anyone who calls on his name will be saved. And so Jesus, you, you pray this. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus I receive you. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wipe my slate clean. Please give me a brand new life and a brand new heart. I want to follow you. I want to trust you. I want to live for you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all say amen and celebrate people that put their faith in Jesus?
would you mind, uh, would you mind standing for me all together? We're gonna sing. I'm gonna hold that before you take it from me. I'm gonna go back to verse, um, verse 17. And then we're gonna sing a song we sang a little bit earlier, but we're gonna shift it a little bit. We already sang it over our lives, and I, I want us to, with all we have, sing it over this city. To sing it over your kids. To sing it over your family members, your co-workers, people that you cross paths with. But it says the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. And that is still true today because the power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal people from death, the ultimate sickness. So can we sing that this city is not forsaken because the Lord is in this place? that the Lord is in Colonial Church and in the people of Colonial Church to be the hope and the answer that this city needs. So with all we got, if you feel comfortable, let's lift our hands in a minute and let's shout and believe that God's gonna use this church and he's gonna use you to bring healing and hope to more and more people. Come on. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.